To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran, Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God upon which we base our message on this fourth Sunday after Pentecost is the gospel for this day. You heard it read before. From Luke chapter 7, I recall just these words. Then Jesus said to her, your sins have been forgiven. The other guests thought, who is this man who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we receive perfection and forgiveness, my beloved. Some of you uh, know, some of you don't know that I have a new four-month-old grandson, the first one in the family to carry the Robbie name, carry my name on, even though 12th, 12th one born, the only son, grandson with the Robbie name. Uh, all babies, you know, when you have a baby in the family, they're all cute, aren't they? And uh, you take a baby on your lap, you know, after, after they have, have had their uh, tub bath or their bath. And they're so cute, and if you want to make them laugh, sometimes you'll kiss their feet. Ever kiss a baby's feet? And uh, make raspberries on it? And when they get a little bit older, you know, then you can also do, uh, this little piggy went to market, you know, and then the baby laughs, and you kiss the baby's feet. Get a little bit older, and you don't want to kiss somebody else's feet, do you? I mean, just imagine if one of you, you, you go home and one of the members uh, or one of your uh, family go home and say, you know, when we get home, uh, would you please kiss my feet? You probably say, that's a pretty undesirable task. Well, the subject for this morning in this message is feet kissing. And we want to see who did it and why it was done and what it means for us. And uh, the setting, as you've heard read before, was in the home of one of the religious leaders, a man by the name of Simon, who was probably pretty wealthy and thought that he was a pretty upstanding church member. And he invited Jesus to a party. And by the way, I I said, you know how many parties Jesus went to in the Bible? He was a party goer. When he had an invitation to a banquet, he went. This was a pretty big deal. Now, usually it was the custom in Middle Eastern homes back then that three things would happen by the host when you came through the door. First of all, you would receive a kiss, you know, one of those uh, Middle Eastern kisses, not, uh, you know, not on the lips, but, you know, you bump each other's uh, cheeks. And then uh, after that, uh, which was sort of like a handshake. And then after that, if the, the person was wealthy enough, the host would provide a basin of water and perhaps one of the slaves then with a, with a towel would wash your feet because, you know, it was dusty roads there and everybody was wearing sandals and your feet were always dirty. And then at the last thing that they would do is pour a little olive oil on your head because it was a really dry climate and you could maybe stroke that through your hair and uh, rub it on your hands, put a little on your face, rub your hands because uh, the air was so dry there and then you felt really greeted by that host. Simon did none of those common courtesies for Jesus. 
And so everybody sat down to the meal. Rather, we should say they lay down because they reclined on couches, sort of like chase lounges. Uh, they would rest their, uh, themselves on their left arm and, and eat with their uh, right hand. And uh, so their feet could be away from the table. And they were probably eating out on the porch or a veranda, a patio. And so people of the uh, village could walk by and actually come up and uh, they saw Jesus. One lady saw Jesus' feet out there in the open air. Luke describes her as a woman who had lived a sinful life. Oh, what a nice euphemism that is, an understatement. Really, what she was was a woman from the red light district, a prostitute, a whore, a slut. And she started kissing Jesus' feet, and she was crying. She didn't have a towel, so she wiped his feet with her hair, and she kept kissing Jesus' feet over and over and over again. And finally, she broke out what was a very expensive bottle of ointment or perfume and uh, anointed Jesus' feet. And so there it was. And Jesus, of course, being so omniscient, you know, he could read Simon's thoughts. He knew what Simon was thinking. He was thinking, if this guy really is a man of God, what in the world is he doing allowing a prostitute to kiss his feet? Doesn't he know who she is? That's when Jesus said, Simon, I have something to say to you. And Jesus told a little parable. It was about two men who uh, had a loan with a bank. One guy for 500 silver coins, another one for 50. Neither one could pay their debt. So the banker said, okay, I'm canceling for giving both of your debts. Jesus asked Simon, which of the two do you think would love the banker more? And Simon had to admit, I suppose the one, you know, who had the greater debt canceled, the 500 silver coins. Jesus was really telling Simon, Simon, I've received no love from you. You gave me no kiss. You didn't wash my feet. You didn't anoint me with oil. But look at what this lady's doing. What you didn't do, she's doing in her own way. So there she was, a prostitute who recognized how many and how great and how big her sins really were and how also, therefore, how big her pardon was. So let's talk about debts and penalties for a little bit here. I don't know how many of you ever got a speeding ticket. You know, um, get a speeding ticket, you get pulled over, uh, you will have to pay a fine. You'll have to pay your debt to society, a penalty. Usually it's not a whole lot in comparison with a lot of other things in the world. Or, or how about a parking ticket? Ever get any parking tickets? You know, you, and you have to pay the fine. Oh, it's probably not a whole lot in comparison with a lot of other things. How about the two girls that stabbed their friend over a cartoon character 19 times? What type of debt or penalty do you think they owe to society? What about the hijacker that hijacks the car and murders the driver? What kind of a debt or penalty for society do you think that they should pay? 
I was even going to mention uh, Christina Grimmie. You know, she was murdered last night or whatever it was the day before, only 22-year-old singer. I was going to say, what penalty should that guy pay? But he, he, he shot himself. And now we, we hear uh, 2.30 this morning, there were uh, 20 uh, people killed by a terrorist down in Orlando, Florida. We know that there are a whole lot of other terrorists wandering around the United States, some who have already murdered, some not. What penalty, what debt do they owe society? Any of those entities be pardoned of their sins, of their uh, sins against society? You see, the prostitute recognized how big her sin was. And she also recognized how big her pardon was through Jesus. And so her recognition of her sin and her pardon resulted in a big response of gratitude, a willingness to do anything for her Lord from the meanest uh, task to the most expensive gift. What Jesus was telling Simon is if there is no recognition of the size of the pardon, there will be no response. So let's talk about two other people who also appeared in the readings for this morning. King David. You heard this, the, the uh, story? I mean, they're, they're King David. A wife stealer guilty of date rape and then murder. And St. Paul, who wrote the uh, epistle lesson for this morning, persecuted Christians to death. And it wasn't until both of those men recognized the size of their sin and the size of God's pardon did they really respond in gratitude. David, Psalm 51. Have pity on me, O God, in keeping with your mercy. I admit that I am rebellious. My sin is always in front of me. Create in me a clean heart, O God. St. Paul. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the foremost sinner. When when David finally recognized his sin and his great pardon... He went out and arranged for a capital campaign to build a temple. When St. Paul recognized the size of his sin and the size of his pardon, he became a worldwide missionary and was willing to sacrifice everything for his brother Jesus. It's kind of interesting, too, when you read through the whole text for this morning and you get in chapter 8, it also talks about an entourage of women that followed Jesus around. Some had the evil demons cast out, illnesses cured, and they responded by financially supporting Jesus through his ministry. You might say that was the first uh, Women's Missionary League. So, what about all of us? Well, first of all, Pastor, I got to tell you, I'm not a wife stealer, haven't committed adultery. Not a Christian killer. Not like that prostitute. Don't keep company like that. Simon, I have something to say to you. 
What about those fantasies that find their way into your mind? You know, that's really adultery. What about the thoughts of hatred, anger, anger, hostility, grudges over against that person who did you wrong? That's murder. And all about all those sins of worry and lack of trust. If only I could have a little bit bigger stash and cash in the bank. I feel a whole lot better about life. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. You know, Pastor, I'm really not like that person. Uh, I'm usually in church most of the time. I'm really not that bad. You know what that is? That's self-righteousness and that's a sin too. Now, for a moment, try to conjure up the worst person that you can think of in your mind. Maybe it's a homeless murderer. You know, who, who, can, who can you come up with? Charles Manson? Hitler? Who, who, who can you come up with? And then to say to yourself, but there, for the grace of God, go I. When we recognize who we are, and that we deserve nothing from the hand of our Lord, and when we recognize how big his pardon is, and how he made, out of a bunch of prostitutes, his bride, the church, then we're ready to say to Jesus, how, Jesus, can I kiss your feet? What will you do to kiss Jesus' feet? How beautiful are the feet of the messenger who announces the good news. Beautiful feet of Jesus, dirtied and bloodied by the nail of a Roman soldier for you. Beautiful feet revealed to Thomas. Stop doubting and believe. How will you kiss Jesus' feet? How big of a response? How dependent upon you for his pardon are you? The prostitute was willing to do anything for Jesus to thank him. Kiss Jesus' feet. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Love your Lord Jesus with all you are and with all that you have. Because your sins have been forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Amen. Please stand. peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty.
From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. <laughs> 